TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. And welcome to the Two Guys at a Mike Show. Brand new week off and kicking here. Hope everybody out there had an outstanding weekend sports and or otherwise. Coach of the Big Dog at your service up until 11 o'clock. That, of course, being central time here out of the fine city of Chicago. Beautiful autumn day here in Chicago. Speaking of beautiful, I look across gazingly into the subtly deepened eyes of our producer david olson will be helping us uh, along during the show david olson with us as per always we hope you can join us in a more personal note and you can do that by giving us a call at any time during the show before during or after yeah you can call us after the show we might not answer but what the heck give us a call anyways you might get on one of our other shows 888-463-6748 the phone number again 888-463-6748 two guys in a mic off and running Oh, goodness. All I can say as an NFL fan, as a Chicago Bear fan, finally. Finally. All right, you can kill that music now. Thank you very much. After nine games, David Olson, by the way, the big dog, Joel Redwanski, checking in in just a minute. But finally, after nine games, the Chicago Bears had a, I guess the word I could use is a satisfying performance. And I got a feeling there's some other NFL fans out there across this fine country that are kind of saying the same thing because there's really very few Teams out there that have been good from start to finish, or even good most of the time. It's been an unsatisfying year for a lot of NFL teams, but again, nine games into the year. And the Bears are 6-3, and three, and as a Chicago fan, it was the first time after a game, during the game, that I was satisfied. It left me like you're eating a meal, and, and I was able to get up from the dinner table with a satisfied, full tummy. Let's welcome and see if he agrees with me or disagrees with me, which he does. By the way, our studies show that Joel does disagree with me 79% of the time, which is not oh, bad. Oh, no, that's way too high. 79? Way too high, Coach. Well, I was going to say it's, it's better more, because... It's more along the lines of Vince Evans' completion percentage. <laughs> You agree with me that much, huh? No, that's, it's not a lot. Uh, okay. Well, you, I always said you are a very disagreeable individual. Oh, well, that's nice. That's nice to know. But would you agree or not agree? How did you feel? That's more important. Were you, like me, for the first time after nine games, a satisfied customer of Chicago Bear football? And, uh, see, I, I'm a little different than you because I actually have a realization of what the NFL is about. <laughs> yes, I was completely satisfied about yesterday's game. And any time you can beat the Vikings, even if it's ugly, it's satisfying, but yesterday was extremely satisfying considering that all three phases of the uh, of the of the game yes. were good, extremely good. Uh, obviously, offensively they were kind of still pulling up the rear, and there's still ways to go offensively. But I, I was very satisfied. There's been other games, coach. You got to realize, um, you know, somebody put it. I think it was John Moon Mullins who said this, and I think this pretty much typifies what the NFL is right now. Okay. Uh, so a, a guy says to his buddy who's out in the wilderness, hey, there's a bear right there. We have to outrun that bear or we're going to die. And the guy says to his other guy, no, I only have to outrun you. Interesting. It's actually... That's kinda, the NFL is, I mean, 
If you think the Bears are playing bad yeah. football, look all around the NFL, Coach. There's a lot yeah. of teams with a lot of holes, a lot of deficiencies. I'm not going to sit here and with the Bears' win be like, oh, oh, they didn't pass it enough, or oh, their pass rush wasn't good enough. If they can figure out how to get a win, I'm most of the time I'm going to be satisfied with it. And I understand, remember the whole Detroit Lion-Calvin Johnson thing. Mm-hmm. I had to defend the Bears over that. But admittedly, as long as you don't go on off of some tangent here, <laughs> I have to admit I, I was not satisfied with the way the Bears played that game, but I was satisfied that they got a win. So I, I'm going to have to disagree with you. This is It's a tough NFL nowadays. And if you look ugly and get a W, I'd much rather have that than say, wow, they played such a good game in that loss yesterday. Wow, they were spectacular. And as we turn the turnstiles, the big dog disagreement with the coach percentage now up from 79 to, it's like the Jerry Lewis telethon. We're up to 81% with that disagreement. I love, oh, by the well, way, I your, your, uh, thought you said I agreed with you 79% of the time. Thought I said disagreed. Oh, okay. But either way, yeah, I agree. Doesn't I re- normally disagree with you. I will agree with you with that at 100%. <laughs> Oh, I love thoroughly confusing both myself and the listeners six minutes into today's show. I think that set us a new record. Usually we don't thoroughly confuse people until about halfway through the show. We kind of build up to it. Today we did it right off the bat. Uh, I love your bear analogy, not Chicago Bears, but the analogy with the bear, I only have to outrun you. That's exactly right on. So I'm with you on that. However, as a football aficionado, Big Dog, you can tell me via logic that I should be satisfied with every victory, and you're right technically, but I know how I feel. Okay, and, and it's, I understand. It's in, huh? I, I, no, go ahead. Finish up. Well, I was going to say, I know how I feel inside. And again, I, you know, after watching football for so many years, not that I'm an expert, but I think I know the game fairly well. When things are not awry or things are not as they should be, it upsets me. And I'm just telling you inside how I felt over some of those other bear victories. Not so good. This one, as you said, a complete. Performance, very, very satisfying. It was like a uh, filet mignon with a nice salad, good dessert afterwards. Thank you. Uh, yeah, you know, it's, I understand where you're coming from, Coach. And I guess I wasn't trying to be like, oh, you know, when they, they beat, they, they had a win earlier that they really got a really lucky and won. I'm not saying satisfied, like, oh, they don't need to improve on anything. There's always work for this team to improve on, but. You know, I, I just try not to be that critical. I, you know, mm-hmm. I try not to be like, you know, when Levy Smith's going to be at, in front of the podium and he's going to be like, yeah, we're six and three, but people act like we're three and six, you know. And it seems like a lot of Bears fans act that way uh, a lot of times. And, yeah. but I will tell you this, this team really does have to continue with the type of performance they had yesterday if they have any hope of reaching the playoffs because their last seven games, Coach, absolutely brutal. They're playing on Thursday, you know, mm-hmm. and you have a travel day, so you basically have two days to prepare for the Dolphins. Good. And and a guy in Tyler Thigpen, who they absolutely have no idea what he's going to do. You know, I, so. I almost, with the Bear, especially with Lovey Smith, to me, lack of preparation, lack of time is to come up with a, a game plan, at least due to past experience, that's a positive for the Bears. Don't think too much. Just go out and play. You know what I mean? And, and I base that based on, you know, with two weeks with bye week off. Oh, we got the bye week, two weeks to prepare. And how many times over the last 10 years with our quote unquote two weeks to prepare have the Bears laid an absolute egg? So maybe the three days and very little time to prepare could be a positive thing for the Bear. Yeah, that's how I'm going to take it and yeah. look at it, Coach. Okay, so uh, I, I try to tend, to tend to stay a little bit more positive with the Bears than a typical Bears fan because I, I try to be different. Mm-hmm. But, uh, People, you know, that don't know Chicago that well or, or don't know sports that well are always just dumbfounded 
when they see the passion and, and the anger sometimes about the Chicago Bears when it comes to Chicagoans. So, yeah, I, I try to think a little bit outside the box in, in terms of, you know what, if they get a win, I know there's areas to improve, but I'm going to be happy no matter what because after many years of, uh, of them missing the playoffs and being bad, like, you know, we had the whole Wanstead, you know, Duran era. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, after a while, sometimes I'm just happy to get yeah. a W. Immediately followed by the, uh, or immediately preceded by the Abe Gibran, Jack Pardee, Neil Armstrong era, which wasn't much better than Mike Ditka era. Had a few brief years of success, and then that Great. one soured. Right? Huh? They were, the, the Bears had the most wins of the 1980s, Coach. No. Yes, they did. Come on. In the 1980s? The Bears had the most victories of the 1980s. Of any NFL team? Yeah. Surely you just. Uh, I, I, I do just, <laughs> but not right now, and please don't ever call me Shirley. <laughs> Oh, Victor, by the way, I don't want to get you completely down here after a brilliant Bears victory. By the way, any of our uh, Bears fans out there in the Chicago area, wherever you might be listening, you're an NFL fan. We lead off today's show on a football Monday with NFL recap. We'll get to some college football, some other news and notes in the sporting world. Our phone number here, 888-463-6748. You can email us at Mike2Guys at AOL.com. M-I-C and the number two. Mike, two guys, AOL.com. Big dog, I read a shocking. I don't want to depress you. You're probably aware of this. But if not, you might get upset. But your uh, ex-academic institution of collegiate choice, McMurray College, unless there was a misprint in the paper, O in 10 on the year, can that possibly be? Coach, I just want to let you know, <laughs> not only is it possible, Uh-oh. it's absolutely correct. That team has won like three games <laughs> in the last five years. Wow. And, you know, I actually, like three years ago, I actually, you know, I, I put my name in the ring to be the, the coach of that team. I remember that. And they were like, oh, you have no coaching experience. I'm like, you, you hired some bum. And I, I don't I want to get on a tangent here because I, we, they, I, I do know the coach. <laughs> and the guy is a complete idiot in terms of the best way for me to tell you is he's racist. Mm-hmm. Seriously, coach. Like, legitimately, he like, he, there's no white players on the team anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I talked to the guy and he was like, yeah, what you know about football? I was like, are you serious? I started, I started talking to this guy that, you know, like I used to play here and I shouldn't say I know him. I met him once. I could not believe how this guy talked down to me. And I'm like, and then, and then I looked at the sidelines. And I was like, why is our whole team nothing but African Americans? I have no problem with that. Typically that will win. But let's face it. Look at the NFL. 67% of the NFL is African American. I didn't like this guy's tone mm-hmm. and the way he like he spoke. The guy was a complete idiot. And the when we used like I had many many we had African American dudes, we had some Mexican guys, we had white dudes on our team. We had actually one Asian dude who played nose tackle. He was phenomenal. I love so now, Asian nose tackles. Yo, know, you gotta have you well. We we just called him a Samoan, and he used to laugh because he, he figured if he was Samoan, he would play a little bit better. And and by the way, his last name was Giordano. An Asian with the last name of Giordano. He was adopted, obviously. Oh, I guess so. so. But we just we he th- he thought it was from Korea, but we just told him he was from Samoa. So <laughs> you know, we had a great, I mean, we all got along. It was like yeah. we were brothers, you know. And legitimately, coach, we would lose the game. We'd be upset about it for a week. I went down to homecoming one day, and it was like. They were playing Lakeland, who we used to beat like 60 to nothing, okay? And this is only like five, six years after I had gone there. And this is years when McMurray had gone to the playoffs and a bunch of other stuff. And, you know, this team, they lost like 40 to like 10, and they were like high-fiving each other after the game. 
they came out and they were out. It was just, it was embarrassing. We're talking was so about embarrassing. Division One Triple A Mac Murray College, where Big Dog went to school. Zero and ten. I got to believe the coach cannot survive this. I want to get to the NFL and the Bears talk here, Big Dog. But I'm just saying, if they lose the coach this year, I say you put your name back in the hat. We can start a campaign here via two guys and a mic show. You are the head coach, and I would only ask that you bring me in as the offensive coordinator, because as you know, I'm very offensive. But I could call so some you plays would, for you. You wouldn't know, you wouldn't huh? know a thing about being an offensive coordinator. Oh, yeah. What are you talking about? Six years with a 8,800 win percentage coaching the eighth grade heavyweight Glenview Junior Titans. Running See, the that's offense. That's actually a little bit better than I actually thought. Yeah. Now, now, what did know. you base your offensive system on? What, what did you run? Did you run number scheme? Did you run words? Was it a color scheme? Uh, not sure. We ran plays that worked. That's what we ran. You were the coach. You were the coach. You did. Well, what, what do you mean? If you're num- going to run, just say one of your plays. Just say a formation in your play. Just, just uh, give it to me. Pitch out right, fake reverse. That's you just <laughs> said pitch out right. Fake so how about numbers. scissors fake uh, left end down and out? We that was actually the names of your plays. Yeah. Scissors fake. We ran the scissors series based after the high school offense that was being run at the time. We had to keep the passing game. You know, we're talking about eighth graders here. We didn't have a whole lot of practice time. So, yeah. Scissors fake. Left end reverse. If the le- or left end down and out. The left end does is down and out. The other two receivers have to uh, find open territory, obviously, away from the primary receiver spot. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Testing one, two. You still there, big dog? Look at that. He got so shocked he hung up on me. <laughs> Oh, big dog, are you still there? I was just wondering what the high school feeder program you were you were actually feeding these kids to. Because if you're, you're, I, I doubt you're going to tell me like Loyola or Glenbrook North. It, it, you're, it's going to be like what was it? Fighting Titans at Glenbrook South. Come on, really? Absolutely. And these guys were prepared to play football Stop. when they got there. Stop it, will you please? Absolutely. <laughs> it's all about fundamentals, my friend. All about no, fundamentals. No, it is. No, it is. And coach, I really do believe you can teach blocking and tackling. Absolutely. I do. I really do believe that. Absolutely. So. Calling plays is my specialty. But let us move on. Again, our phone number here, 888-463-6748. Uh, got a couple listeners that won again, but Big Dog, the Bears game, outstanding yesterday. They beat the Vikings 27-13. They go to 6-3 uh, and three on the year. By the way, we've begun the second half of the National Football League season. Hard to believe. Seems like it just started, but we're in uh, second half, Big Dog. Time flies when you're having fun. Yeah, absolutely. And the Cubs, I mean, the Bears have won two, like twice as many games as they've lost. And, and we're this far into the season. And there is nobody that you can say is a definitive favorite to win no. anything absolutely. in the NFL right now. Yeah. And I guess as of this week, and it will change by next week, right now, I guess you would say if you had like a power rankings, the New England Patriots would be atop of them. Yeah, but don't maybe. forget that same team lost to the Browns last week. Which doesn't look so bad because the Browns, you know, yeah. really, really played the Jets really tough yesterday. Yeah, so it, it, this it, NFL it, season is ridiculously crazy right now. Literally a coin flip. I mean, you yeah. say that almost, you know, cliche as you've heard it over the years. Anybody can beat anybody. I mean, literally. Literally, it's been proven in the first half and one game of the second half of this year. That's absolutely true. Literally. Anybody can beat anybody. There is no. I'm convinced there is no top team. And if Detroit and Buffalo are two of your weakest teams, that's a pretty good bottom feeder. Carolina, I'm going to leave out of the picture. Yeah, yeah. well, Carolina has so many issues right yeah. now. They're playing their four-string running back. But the, and if you think about the Cowboys, you know they, they, have, uh, they had the second-worst record in all the NFL, tied for the second-worst record, and they go in and they beat the team and put a beat down on the team 
that everybody was saying, oh, they're the Super Bowl favorites, the New mm-hmm. York Giants. Yeah. They're, they're the Super Bowl. They got it all. Quarterback, running game, a great mm-hmm. defense. Yeah, they just lost to a uh, one and seven if, team. If, let me put it this way. If, all season. You just said New England was the, the uh, you know, right now, maybe. Maybe if you could pick a top team. If they were to play Detroit right now at a neutral field, I would not give you more than three or four points in that game. That's no, that's no, how close. On, no, you'd be seven, and that's still well, not a lot, though. It, it may be seven via the Vegas points, but I'm telling you, I wouldn't give you more than three or four on a neutral site. I well, if you gave me three, I would definitely lay the points, coach. Yeah, that's just me. All right, uh, let's go out to the phone lines real quick, Big Dog. I'll let you make the call. We can go to line two, four, six, or eight, whichever one you happen to appreciate. Two, four, six, or eight. I'm going to go eight, coach. Good luck in China. <laughs> Out the line, here we go. It's caller Jim checking in. Jim, how are you? Doing great, Coach, after yesterday. How about you guys? Uh, outstanding. Finally, would you would you agree with me? Finally, a, a game that uh, satisfied all of our various football taste buds? It made me happy to see the end result. I liked mm-hmm. it during the game. And like I said, I like the Bears coming from behind being an underdog. Yeah, but but other games, the end result was okay, but, you know, it was like we won the game, but I just, you know, ah, oh, man, we played terrible here, bad decisions here, I didn't like this. This game, they put it all together, special teams. I mean, the offense wasn't great, but it was good. They mixed up their plays. The offensive line was better. Subtle little things, guys, like like when we ran the football, instead of getting one yard per run, we were picking up three, four, five yards, and that, that's a little thing, but it shows the offense is getting some push. We didn't break the 30-yard runs. But we were picking up four or five yards of carry, and Jim and Joel, that's a significant difference than getting stuffed at the line of scrimmage. Oh, do you know how I feel about that, Coach? Yeah, you got to be able to depend on your running game to be able to get two yards when you need two yards, and that was a good sign. Another little subtle thing, guys, that I loved about yesterday was how they used Devin Hester. His best game possibly as a Chicago Bear, as an all-around football player, You know, he wasn't on the field every single down on offense. And when they got him the ball on offense, they had him in space. Oh, and by the way, when he was returning kicks, his legs weren't dead. Did you see him? He was like the old Devin Hester yesterday. Mm-hmm. I mean, going upfield, he looked fast. I mean, that is exactly the way they need to use Devin Hester was, was the way they did yesterday. A little bit on offense and make sure he returns kickoff like he did yesterday and punt. So uh, very, very happy. Jimmy, what were uh, the th- a lot of things? Please, you give me a one, two, three, three things right off the top that uh, really you thought were good in an outstanding Chicago Bear victory over the Viking. Well, I, I like the passing in an obvious run situation because yep. the defense is off balance. It was beautiful play calling there. Yes, uh, you, you got to love it. You just got to love it when things actually get called and work because they got the look they were looking for. Yeah, as a no, tight end, no it was run. nothing but a run blocker when they called the the third and inches uh, oh, pass oh, and the dump to Kellen Davis legitimately. Yes. There was a, I cried a little bit. <laughs> a, a tear strolled down my face. Was, I mean, we we haven't seen the Bears actually run that play since Mike Dick and Danny Abramowitz which was the offensive coordinator. The tight end is a you tight ends are a very close community. I know that. You no, know, we are seriously, yes. and 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 I do like the fact that. Uh, that the Chicago Bears use their tight ends as fullbacks because fullbacks are they're, they're dead and tight ends are better athletes, so you might as well do it that way. It's an H-back now. Well, the, you don't have to swear, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, number one, I would say that that was the best thing that I saw. That okay. Was, that, was, that was lovely. Number two, Hester made his voice heard and got in there on kickoff. They, they put him in there because he's been dying to get in there. And, you know, 
I think it worked well. Maybe you don't use him all the time, and I don't know why they kicked to him to this day. But yeah, when he gets I mean, the look, ball, I guess boy, you know boy. what it was, Jim, is like three or four years, not three or four, like two or three years of uh, of not good returns. I don't think people aren't afraid of him anymore. But if, exactly, if they use him sparingly on offense, and then when they get him the ball on offense, make sure he's in the open field, then all of a sudden he could be dynamic again. And all of a sudden they'll quit kicking to him like they did Rasheed Davis, and they got the ball in the 50. I mean, it was everything worked out yesterday <laughs> for the Bears. It was beautiful. What was, uh, yeah. what was number three for you, Jimmy? I think number three was having a little faith in that quarterback. They kept going to him for the pass play. They didn't quit on him. I mean, he threw an interception in the end zone again. Mm-hmm. They should have thrown it away. Yep. But they kept going back to him and trying it again. And, man, touchdowns. Yeah. Battle of offensive touchdowns. As Bear fans, you know we have to complain a little bit. Well, I, I don't have to, but typically Bears fans do. That was still maybe the worst pass Jay Cutler has ever thrown as a Chicago Bear. And that That's says a lot because there, there's a lot of <laughs> lot of contenders in that area. By the way, there's, well, I agree with you totally, Coach. That one is definitely up for nomination, especially when you. <laughs> I guess it was you know where it was in the game. It didn't actually kill you. Mm-hmm. There's other interceptions that just have that lost some games, but oh my good! Did you see Mark Mike Marks on the sidelines? Yes. <laughs> he basically, he said, "Oh, blank, yep. no." Yeah. Was it, it was just me, or did, did Mike Martz and that Chicago Bear pullover hooded sweatshirt just? It was not a match between clothing and man. Did, did anybody else get that impression, or just he just looked didn't look? You know right. what it is? I don't think I've ever seen him in bulky stuff. He's, he's, he's so fat that he, I, I, he normally doesn't need that extra layer of protection, Coach. Okay. I'm not sure what it was. It was just it was an uncomfortable look. He didn't feel – it was like me when I wear a sport coat and tie. I'm not a sport coat and tie guy. I just look out of place. He looked out of place wearing that particular bear regalia. But, uh, Jim, was... the reason why Coach looks out of place is because for some reason when he ties his knot, yes. he, he ties it so tight it almost strangles him. So he, like, is choking himself. So he's, like, walking around barely yeah. able to breathe the whole time. That's a problem. Sometimes it's too loose. Sometimes it's too – I can never get the net not proper. I don't wear it a lot. So the few times that I do have to go sport coat and tie, Big Dog, it just doesn't work for me. But uh, what can I tell you? Maybe I just need to – maybe I'll dress up for the show a little bit more now that we're on the webcast. Then, I, you know, once I practice tying a tie, I get good at it. Yeah. But then you forget yeah. how to do it for a few years or something? Yeah, something like that. Anyhow, Jimmy, great Bears victory. I'm glad you uh, checked in and uh, beautiful, beautiful victory. Hopefully, hopefully Thursday night we can repeat the performance. That game is at Miami. Jimmy, you got any big plans for a Thursday night at Miami? Um, Not at Miami, but here probably. I'm thinking of having a few beers and watching the game. Beautiful. But you got to look at now for the second half. Now we don't have to go 5-3 and three to make the playoffs. Now mm-hmm. we're looking at 4-3. and three. Yeah, that's about you know, right. I'd have to say a 10 and 6 team will most likely win the NFC North. And if it doesn't happen, I think 10 and 6 might even get them a playoff, a playoff spot coach. Possibly. Usually. I, I yeah. refuse to look ahead, Jim. I'm strictly focused on Miami. That's my only concentration right now. Well, what's the early line <laughs> on that game? Are we underdogs again? That's an interesting. Oh, I would guarantee they are. Miami's got to be at least a two and a half, three point underdog. Yeah. Be an interesting uh, line. Miami beat Tennessee. Yeah, I think you're right. Not by much, but probably uh, probably an even matchup. Home field is worth what? Big dog, two and a half, three points. Yeah, it, it all depends on what home field. But typically, uh, you're in pros, it's worth three points. Mm-hmm. In the college, it's normally worth four. It will depends on what school it is. So yeah, Dave. At this point, Miami is favored by two. Two. Okay. There you go. There you go. 
Beautiful. Gotta like the Bears as an underdog. I think they play up to their level of competition. Yep. I'm, I'm gonna let, underdogs. I'm gonna wait till tomorrow or Wednesday to make the. I'm still too caught up in the infusion of yesterday's game. I don't know if I can make an objective. My, my tendency right now would be to agree with you, Jim. We're an unbeatable team. We should be able to roll over the Dolphins. But uh, I'm still caught up in the 24-hour. You know the rule, Big Dog. 24-hour to celebrate, right? Yeah, so well, we I, have until about 3 o'clock yes. today. you got about five more hours. <laughs> Normally it's a week for me. Bears win, I'm happy all week. Bears lose, I'm depressed yeah. for a week. Now I only got five days. <laughs> all so. right. Jimmy, we appreciate the call. Have a great day, okay? You too, guys. Take care. Beautiful. Jim checking in. You can, too. Bears fans, NFL fans, football fans, you want to give us a call. Jim did. You can do it, too. Jimmy drops off and leaves nine other lines open. Hate when that happens. 888-463-6748. Again, 888-463-6748. Big Dog, one of the things I loved about the uh, Chicago Bear game is the fact that so many different players contributed from the Star players, you know, Erlocker and Briggs were great on defense. Cutler was outstanding. But Henry Melton, Tommy Harris. Oh, my God. What a, I love Henry Melton, my new favorite bear, Henry Melton. <laughs> Seriously, Coach, you know, he showed, like, those flashes yep. in, in preseason. And you know, and then next, you know, they cut Mark Anderson. And then when they cut him, the first thing I said was, you know, this Melton kid better be good. But, my God, he... he I mean, he's almost as good as the Donage was like a, a year or two ago. That's a good he's comparison. He's so far ahead of Mark Anderson, it's not even funny. Yep. Comes in and it doesn't play a lot, but when he does, he seems to have a knack for making things happen. But uh, but it was just a contributions from a lot of different guys. Uh, Rashid Davis. Comes through. Yeah, you know, Isa, Pino, Tino Isamoa and, uh, you know, DJ Moore. Nine different receivers. Nine different guys caught balls from Jay Cutler. They spread it around. I thought the balance of positive contribution, a big part of the Bear victory, and that can go a long way down they the road ran as well. Taylor a little more than normal than they have the rest of the earlier part of the year? M- much more. Yes. So, yeah, it was, a, it was a good overall day. And, you know, go back to Henry Melton. You know, he was a running back at Texas. Really? He, was a, he, was a, he went in there and he was supposed to be their Ron Dane. And then he ate himself into being their short yardage guy. <laughs> is what okay. ended up happening. Like legitimately, he was like on the national championship Texas team. He had yeah. like 15 carries all year long, uh-huh. and he got he averaged like 1.4 yards a carry. And Mac Brown said he was their most important player. I mean, it was a, he he had one of those seasons. Mm-hmm. So like the Bears drafted this guy and they turned him into a defensive end. You know the 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 Colts. You know that guy Jerry Hughes that went to Texas Christian last year. Yep, was going to be phenomenal. That he went to Texas Christian as a running back, and they turn him into a defensive end. You know, running backs are your best are your your best athletes typically. You know that that's not a bad idea to turn a running back into something else on your team if you're lacking because you got to be a good athlete to play defensive end and to play it at the NFL level. Maybe you know if you're missing a player, just find a, a running back that could possibly move positions. It's not very common. You certainly don't hear that often of a running back moving a defensive line, but you you state a good case for it. I had no idea that uh, Henry Melton was that, but uh, yeah, interesting. It's, Maybe it's, a trend. If you watch classic football, college football, coach, you got to see this guy because he's the same size as he was at Texas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was wearing number 37. <laughs> and the Bears drafted him as a defensive lineman, right? Not yeah, as they, a running they, back? They, they did. They asked, and the, text, the, the Longhorns actually moved him his senior year. So he was like their third down short yardage guy mm-hmm. and then their third down pass rush guy. So he basically was on the field on the most important play. So it's, 
the, the guy's a point maker. I, I like this Henry Mullen kid. They, they've got a, they've got a diamond in the rough coach. And the way you talked about how everybody contributed. Yep. Th- that's why I think why it's so satisfying. Cause you think about it, Brad Maynard, their punter finally had a good game. Mm-hmm. You know, Robbie Gold actually missed a field goal, but that ball took a right turn from a wind gust. That was, that was pretty funny. Uh, but it was, it wasn't, and their offensive line, let's face it, Olin Cruz had three stupid penalties. Two of them were just absolute moronic. But Jamarcus Webb, who has been bad all year, coach, he played his best game as a pro yesterday. And, you know, he got beat a couple times. Well, you're talking about a, a fifth or a sixth-round draft pick starting as a rookie at right tackle against Ray Edwards, who's supposed to be some all-pro, pro-bowl type player. And uh, yeah, and he played really, really well. It was, a, it was a good day to be a Bear fan. Yep. Chris Williams actually uh, got some push. Frank Omeyer outside of one play was able to keep Jared Allen off of uh, Bear quarterback, which has been a problem in the past. And the Bear he offensive... didn't need much help. He did not need no. a lot of help yesterday. No, the so. tight ends were able to uh, go out in receiving mm-hmm. patterns. And as we've said before in the running game, the offensive line, Big Dog, finally sounded a little bit like a maternity ward or a, uh, I shouldn't say maternity ward? No, a maternity ward is after you get up. Yeah, I was going to say, what a, am I looking uh, for? Uh, well, not the labor Ob- Obstetrician's board. office? Anyhow, what we're looking for, and we have been for a long time, is push, 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 push. And they got a little bit of push on the offensive line. It was nice to see. Very nice to see, actually. It is good to see, Coach. And it's funny to see when when uh, you know, the, when you get some push and you get your linemen going into the linebackers, yep. the other team's linebackers don't get a free run at your running backs. So all yep. of a sudden you see the the ball flying 15 feet up in the air with the helmet next to it. Mm-hmm. You know, those cause, like when you get your linebackers get a free run at your running backs, those hits cause fumbles. So it's, just, it's, it's funny how it all accelerates. It's like that, uh, like the catch 22 or the, like the circle. Like, you know, if you don't get pushed, everything bad happens. There's nothing good out of it. You know, there's, you know, yep. and the same thing, if you get pushed, everything is good on the other side, you know. So. Not to throw cold water on the, uh, the Chicago Bear championship parade here, but the Minnesota well, we Vikings know. yesterday. We know. Very. Uninspired. They were missing all their receivers, of course. And uh, Favre actually threw some nice passes that got dropped. But just as an overall performance, the Vikings, lethargic. Very, very lethargic. Yeah, that's, it's a good way to put it. It's a, it's a really good way to put it. It's yeah. like, uh, I mean, Adrian Peterson was showing some fight early. But yeah. other than that, I didn't really see it out of anybody else. Yeah, I the, definitely didn't see it out of the Vikings defense. The great they, Williams they, wall? Not much? No, 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 it wasn't yesterday. They made a couple plays. Mm-hmm. yesterday, but not like they have in the past, where they have basically taken over football games. Yep. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Hey, Big Imagine Dome, stumbling we... across. When we come back, we're going to do the uh, NFL roundup and wrap up. Let's go and over some of the other NFL games yesterday. we got to get to... I'm going to tell you about the greatest play I have seen this year, and it doesn't involve Ooh. the Jacksonville Jaguars wow. versus the Houston Texans. Interesting. Which, by the way, is the best and most... The biggest play this season, without a doubt, but I'm uh-huh. talking about just a more impressive play. All right. Phenomenal I will, play. I will anxiously wait that uh, that uh, disposal. Uh, big Dog and a Coach, TalkZone.com. Two guys and Mike will take a quick break. NFL, round them up and wrap them up coming up, and then we'll get on to some college football. Your phone calls, 888-463-6748. We're user-friendly. Give us a call. Back in a minute.
lines are open for your calls on Two Guys and a Mic. Call 888-GO-FOR-IT. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski, on TalkZone.com. Oh, beat the schmoes results, big dog. Thank you anyways, because me and the... Uh Producer extraordinaire David Olson, my 3-0 unbeaten street three weeks in a row, 9-0, was uh, soundly brought down to a thought. I went 1-2 and two on Beat the Schmoes, our popular football prediction game. David Olson, 1-2, and two, but you were uh, 2-1, and one, and you came damn close to going 3-0. and out. Well, no, no, I'm glad I didn't come dang close to going 3-0 and out because I picked the Vikings to beat the Bears. Mm-hmm. So I'm more, like I said, I was, I, I, I said on Friday, I hope I go 2-1, and one. and coach, luckily, we went two and one, and yep. I'm pretty happy about it, Coach. Nice pick on the uh, Colorado Buffaloes. I like that one. A Northwestern, very solid yeah. pick. You had them plus ten. You didn't need the ten points. They beat Iowa straight up. So uh, yeah, nicely two, done. Two outright winners as underdogs. You gotta yep. like that, Coach. Yep. Your college, college football intuition is truly incredible. All right, do you want to what? Uh, you want to give us the great play after the NFL round them up, wrap uh, up? Or? Some tell me you're going to talk about this game, and I'm going to well, in the middle of this. We'll, we'll figure out if you can figure, if you're going to agree with me. But it's, I guarantee you, talk about this game tomorrow uh, okay. during this round. I don't know, round them up. Right. Let's let's give it a shot. David Olson, bring us some music. It's a regular Monday staple here on the Two Guys at a Mike Show. We'll cover all the NFL games very quickly. Put a little music to it. It's called our round them up and wrap them up. Here we go. Uh, big dog, let's congratulate our good friends uh, almost north of the border. The Buffalo Bills win their first game of the year. They're actually a good team. They played some tough games. They finally got over the top, 14-12. to They win in the Detroit Lions' 25th consecutive road loss. That's uh, not good. Yeah, and, and they break the record that was set by the 0-1 to 0-4 Detroit Lions. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's pretty sad when you break your own record. But, yeah, the Lions... <laughs> You know, they're not that bad, people. I have no idea, but they just have to figure out a way to get over the hump. Yeah, they're, they're actually better, in my opinion. Both Buffalo and Detroit are better than not that bad. They're decent teams. Uh, they've lost some games. Believe me, they'll win some games before this season is over. We should mention Detroit scored a touchdown late, big dog. Down two, had to go for a two-pointer, and Buffalo's defense holds. So that was a pretty uh, suspenseful finish in that game. Yeah, and did Sean Hill throw that ball away on not a two-point sure. conversion? I don't know. It looked like it. It was a horrible pass. All right, categorize this game under the go figure. The Dallas Cowboys, five-game losing streak. New York Giants, five-game winning streak, of course. What else would you expect? Dallas wins 33-20 to 20 over the Giants. Jason Garrett, brand-new head coach, gets his first NFL victory, big dog. I don't know how you explain it, but maybe the uh, the coaching change gave him a little adrenaline bump up in Dallas. Yeah, I don't know if how bad to explain this is, but supposedly this week, uh, Jason Garrett was demanding the players be on time to meetings. He was demanding that they actually bring notebooks to the meetings and take notes. Like, they didn't do this already? Are you kidding me? NFL players didn't show up on time or take notes during meetings? And he made them, believe this or not, instead of walk between drills during practice, Coach, mm-hmm. he made them run between drills well, during practice. Why wasn't Jason Garrett doing it? I mean, he was the offensive coordinator, basically, and assistant head coach. Why wasn't he doing that before? Why wait until your team is 1-7? and seven? I have no idea. Like When I heard that, I was not impressed because I'm like, doesn't 31 other NFL teams do exactly the same thing? And if mm-hmm. they're not, they deserve to lose every game of the season. Sounds to me like maybe he was sabotaging Wade Phillips where he knew these are things they should have been doing. 
but let it go Wade's way. Wade gets fired and he takes the job. I don't know. It's just something something smells fishy, but uh, eh, let's let's let him celebrate his first NFL coaching victory, and it comes against the team that was the hottest team in the NFL. So go Cowboy. Yeah, uh, tomorrow I do want to talk one minute worth of Cowboys, and it'll be very interesting thoughts that I want everybody to ponder. Cowboy cheerleaders, or will it involve the cheerleaders at all? No, no, it won't involve the cheerleaders. Then we have very little. We we're, we ran out of time for it. Sorry. Sorry, coach. <laughs> All right, game three of the docket. Great, great ball game. NFL football at its best. New York Jets, Cleveland Browns. The Browns battling up and down. Jets take the lead. Browns take the lead. Back and forth the game goes. It also was brother versus brother. Head coach Rex Ryan up against defensive coordinator Rob Ryan. Great ball game. The wrong team came out the winner. Though. The Jets in overtime. Sanchez to Santonio Holmes for a touchdown. Great ball game, Big Dunk. Yeah, I wouldn't say that the, the wrong team came out ahead, but it I was would. a battle of twin brothers, which is actually pretty cool yep. when, when these are twin brothers that become head coaches of the NFL. But uh, this was the play of the, of the NFL's day that I'm talking about. Okay. Uh, late in the overtime, uh, Mark Sanchez is running around in the backfield trying to get uh, trying to get somebody open downfield, and Jericho Cotchery was running a route Rips his groin from the bone, coach. Oh! And pulls up, but he's past the first down marker. Sanchez sees him, throws it to Cotchery, who on one leg hops and then dives as far as he can, catches the ball with his fingertips, lands on the ground, gets touchdown. He's only a yard past the first down marker, hands the ball to the ref, they cart him off the field. He might be done for the year. Wow. But he knew he had tore his groin, so he's like, I got one play left in me. The, the catch, by the way, is absolutely phenomenal. It's absolutely clutch. It won the game for him because they were able to keep the ball and eventually score the touchdown with Santonio Holmes. But, but think about it. He did it with a torn groin coach. Wow. Phenomenal play of the day as far as I'm concerned, even though we're going to talk about the Texas and Jaguars later. i got to make sure I YouTube that. And, by the way, if you're going to YouTube that, make sure you put Jericho in front of it because if you, if you put the search engine in for crotchery, you might get something other than NFL football. So just a well, little yeah. fr- friendly reminder from your folks here, two guys in a mic. Is it ironic that he tore his groin from the bone? Yeah, it's ironic and it's painful. Wow. Contrary, by the way, not correct. Yeah, I got it. I got it. Game four of the dock at Miami against Tennessee. The Dolphins playing some pretty good football. 29-17, they knock off Tennessee. Their starting quarterback, Chad Henney, bench for the game. They bring in Chad Pennington to play because they've been in a slump. Offensively, Pennington gets injured. In comes Chad Hennedy. He messes up his knee. They go to their third-string quarterback. Still find a way to beat Tennessee. By the way, the Titans, Randy Moss, first game for the Titans, one catch, like five yards. That was it. Yeah, one catch, 26 yards, and it was was late in the game when it's kind of like garbage time. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we'll we'll see what Randy Moss ends up doing over there. Now, they went... To the whole Wildcat for, until, until the fourth quarter started because Henny got hurt like mid third quarter. And technically, you can't bring in your emergency quarterback. If you do, he has to play until the end of the fourth quarter. So the Dolphins wanted to be able to bring Henny back in case. Okay. So they went Wildcat for almost the whole third quarter, coach, and the, the Titans couldn't stop it. Was Tyrone Thigpen the Wildcat quarterback? No, uh, Tyler Thigpen is a third string quarterback. That's why he wasn't uh, didn't come into the game until the fourth I got quarter you. started. Interesting. Interesting. So they went with Ronnie Brown, Ricky Williams, uh-huh. uh, that the, the left-hander that was the quarterback at West Virginia that I can't think of his name right now, a real slight guy. Mm-hmm. 
Not uh, Steve. Pat White. Yeah, they went with, Pat they White. Went with okay. those guys. Uh-huh. So, so. Interesting. Kind of a silly NFL rule, really. Why can't you dress three quarterbacks and let them because play? Because you get 45 active rosters, so basically yeah. you have 46. It's a pretty good NFL rule. I don't like so. it. I don't like it, and I will be uh, contacting Roger Goodell immediately following this show. And I'm sure he cares. There'll be a change by next week, two weeks at the latest. Then why just they have 46 <laughs> after men on the roster? That's what they need to do. Thank you. All right, Big Dog, another great game. It was a pretty good uh, opening of the second half of the year uh, for the NFL yesterday. Pretty good games overall. Jacksonville and Houston, an exciting ball game there. Another one that went back and forth. Two teams desperate for a victory. Hail Mary, 50-plus yards final. Play a regulation. The ball is tipped. The defender didn't tip it down enough. Sure enough, the ball is caught. Touchdown for Jacksonville, and they go celebrating. Big Dog, go figure. I'm going to totally disagree with he didn't tip it down enough. He double hand batted the ball like a spike, and it bounced off the dude's chest. With, like, he's a reaction time of a CIA agent. Catches the ball, pins it against his leg, and hops into the end zone. Coach, that guy did everything he was supposed to do as a football player. His name is Quinn, whoever mm-hmm. the, the, the like, highest Quinn, okay. who batted the ball. I mean, like, legitimately, he he did it. He should have caught the ball, okay? But his whole career, he does the right thing and doesn't try to catch it because that something bad can happen. I don't think he could have spiked the ball any harder, Coach, at all. I don't think he could have done it. I, I wouldn't say he barely kept it. So I feel bad for the guy. And to all his defensive back coaches his whole life that have told him to do that, who he follows their instructions, and guess what happens? He, looks, he ends up being the jump at the end of the day. So Mike so, Thomas, the guy who caught the ball, he's the one who it was. Was it his chest that it was deflected off of? Yeah, yeah, it hit his chest, right. and then it hit his hands, and then he pinned it to his thigh, and he hopped into the end zone. <laughs> Just like they drew it up in that the playbook. Good catch, coach. Great catch. Uh, next up on the docket, Indianapolis knocks off Cincinnati. Another loss for the Cincinnati Bengals, 23-17. to Six in a row, Indianapolis does it with their defense this time, Big Dog. Not the offense, Peyton Manning, zero. Touchdown passes, repeat, Peyton Manning, zero. Touchdown passes, but Indianapolis defense forces five turnovers. Who would have thunk it? The cold defense comes through. Yeah, if you think passing yards need anything, well, the Bengals had 120 more passing yards than the Colts. Mm-hmm. You think time possession, time possession means anything? The Bengals had the ball for 15 more minutes than the Colts did. And guess what? Who won the game? The Colts won the game. So that cracks me up. But you can take statistics sometimes and just wipe your butt with them. Well, right on cue, we bring up the Denver-Kansas City game. You look at the stats for losing quarterback Matt Cassell. 33 completions over 50 attempts, 439 yards, four touchdowns, but they lose the game. Denver all over the Chiefs' big dog. They were up 35 to nothing. How about Kyle Orton fires four touchdown passes? Yeah, and he was throwing up early in the game when it was still a ball game. Yep. Tim Tebow comes in, he runs for a touchdown and throws his first uh, touchdown passes as an NFL quarterback yesterday. And uh, the, the Broncos have a cakewalk. Against a pretty decent Chiefs team. And it's funny, as two weeks ago, we're talking about, hey, you know, the Chiefs, they're the surprise team and the way they're playing. You know, they play good defense, good special teams. They run the ball. Maybe they have a shot to contend in the AFC. Like, overall, in the AFC, like, the championship game. 
now are they even going to make the playoffs? This NFL season is crazy. Three weeks from now, we're going to say the Chiefs are the best team in the league mm-hmm. again. I mean, it's, you just you just don't know what's going on right yeah. now with this year. So. Yeah, and we, we say that at times just about every NFL season, but this year, clearly to me, more than any other year I can remember, it is a coin flip. It's a crapshoot as far as which team's going to come out each week. We did week say it last year. Last year we were just going to be like, is there anybody besides the Saints or the Colts that are going to play in the Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's, you know, but you're right. It, it seems like a lot. A lot of times it is up in the air, but nothing. I've never, can't ever. You're right. I can't ever remember more than this year. Uh, final game to mention on the NFL. Round them up and wrap them up. When I get to college football, real quick, San Francisco, Michael Singletary and company. They've lost so many tight ball games, big dog. They find a way to win one. Joe Nedney kicks the field goal. I believe it was overtime. Uh, they beat uh, Los Angeles, or they beat uh, Arizona. I'm sorry, twenty-three they to twenty. Beat St. Louis. Hello, LA. Hey, blue, 42 red, split right, split right. They beat St. Louis. Thank you very much. Big win for the 49ers, and uh, Mike Singletary lives for another day. Yeah, I, I think he's safe for the rest of the year, Coach. Uh, if the 49ers are going to make the playoff run, I think they got to keep uh, Singletary as the coach. But How about Heisman, Singlet- Heisman winner Troy Smith, the guy they said, uh, good college quarterback, probably not an NFL quarterback. He throws for 356 yards. Thank you very much. Yeah, and, and he threw four touchdown passes yesterday. I know it only says one in the stat book, but he threw three different touchdown passes of 25 yards or greater, and it wasn't like a dump to the running back who went down the field. I mean, he maneuvered around, got you know, got free, and then chucked the ball down the field. And all and three of them were called back on holding penalties. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the kid played phenomenal. That that was another thing I wanted to talk about. I'm glad you brought up Troy Smith. Yep. is the next rising star at quarterback in the NFL. Coach, wow. a star. I'm not talking about some guy that will make sure he doesn't turn the ball over. I'm talking about a guy that can manage the game in terms of making plays when your team needs you to make a play. Does this mean the Alex Smith era is over in San Francisco? I don't know if you can call that an era or an error. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. Take off the A and put in an O and an R, huh? Yeah, it's an error. Uh, yeah. All right, kill the music, David Olson. By the way, I have no idea our female intern, uh, we have not hired one yet. I usually count on the female intern, so let me know what happened on Monday Night Football, Sunday Night Football, because I can't stay up late enough to watch. But uh, apparently the Pittsburgh Steelers laid yet another egg in New England, smacked them around. You watch the ball game, Big Dog? Well, I won't say uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers laid an egg as much as uh, New England Patriots look like the best team in football this week. And like I said, next week when we do the power rankings, it'll change. But uh, the Patriots looked awesome yesterday, Coach. I mean, they uh, they passed the ball way too much to the, for my liking, but, I mean, they did whatever they wanted to offensively. They took care of the ball. They just marched down the field, and then they would get the ball to their big tight end who would score a touchdown. Gronkowski had three Touchdown receptions yesterday, Coach. What a great name for a football player, for a tight end in particular. Yeah, especially oh, considering he's got a fullback brother at, on the Dallas Cowboys, another tight end brother on the Love on it. the Broncos. Love it. So, yeah, that is a great football name, especially mm-hmm. considering the three of them are in the NFL right now. Yeah. And the other two guys were, like, All-American players in college. Mm-hmm. So oh. the whole five of the sons were just dominant uh, college football players. So it's pretty cool. Beautiful. Any of our uh, listeners out there, you want to comment any of those NFL games? Again, a pretty good Sunday. A real good Sunday of NFL football. Some dramatic finishes, big upsets. Uh, you want to comment on those games? Big Dog and the Coach right here for you. 888-463-6748, the phone number. NFL round them up, wrap them up, a regular segment we do on Mondays. One-hour show, Big Dog goes by very quickly. Sneak in some college football here. The number one team in the country almost, almost got knocked off. And did I, Is there a misprint? 
Or was that a 15-13 to 13 score against California? 15 it was, points? It was 15-13, Coach. And, wow. And, like, when I, you know, over the weekend, you know, I thought the only team that could actually make a, a game out of uh, out of the top four were Georgia. You know, I said that. And I, Georgia did make a great game out of it. They actually led early. But Cal played phenomenal football. I have seen Oregon play a bunch of games this year. That was the first game I had watched Cal. I did not know Cal had that good of a defensive line. Mm-hmm. Cal's defensive line is elite, Coach. It's one of the top ten in the country after watching that game. But, uh, okay, so Cal's up 7 nothing. Oregon scores on a punt return. And what do they do? They go for two. Okay? Because Chip Kelly needed some type of, uh, of um, I guess, uh, you know, momentum or something like that. They go for two. They get it. And they go up 8-7. And then when they score a touchdown later, they go up 15-7. It forces Cal to go for two, and they miss it. You know, so, I mean, Chip Kelly's gambling ways and always pushing. You know what I mean? Always, he doesn't, like, he'll go for it on fourth and two. He's always forcing the envelope. And I, I love that attitude. If you play for Oregon, I mean, if they would have been down 7-6 after they missed that two-point conversion, the game is totally, totally different. But because they made it, that decision for him to go for two in the in the late in the second quarter won them the football game. Period. Mm-hmm. It's as simple as that. Because who knows if that game goes into overtime, I really think Cal wins because they would they had been playing so tight. But then, did you see the Cal kicker who missed the the kick? Okay, it's they, Cal drives the ball down. It looks like they're gonna go up by uh, by two points, make it sixteen to fifteen, and uh, the kicker started going forward before the snap of the ball. Mm-hmm. You can't go forward in football. It's illegal motion. So he he made the kick, but they wiped it out. They moved it back five yards, and then he missed the kick after uh. that. And then Oregon had their greatest drive of the year, Coach, and it resulted in no points. Here's why it was the greatest drive of the year. They got the ball back with six minutes and 45 seconds to go in the game, and they drove it all the way down the field. They got to the five-yard line, and then they knelt on the ball. And this is a team that scores – you know, they have six play drives of 80 yards, and it takes them a minute and 10 seconds to do it. Well, this was totally different. This actually proved that, you know, they could actually play old style. We're going to punch in the mouth and get four yards at a time. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and then they knelt on the ball. So their best drive of the season that won them a game resulted in zero points. Kind number, of ironic, isn't it? Number one, very ironic. Number one team in the country almost knocked off over the weekend by upstart Cal. Let me ask you, because I know there'll be a lot of colleges trying to borrow the game film from that particular game. I didn't see it. Oregon's they, they, need all- to borrow, they need to borrow the two Samoans and uh, and some other dude that's going to be a that, first-round draft. I was going to ask, because Oregon's scoring like 50 points a game. They've been running up the field, They're scoring at will against yeah. some very good football teams. What did California do that other teams haven't even come close to doing against the uh, okay. Oregon offense? Specifically, what was it? Specifically, Coach, I'm glad you asked because believe it or not, I pay attention to this stuff. That's why they I ran man all day long. They didn't run any zone. Interesting. So they manned up on all the receivers. Okay. And then they put a defensive back in at middle linebacker ah, and he spied uh, uh, Demarius Thomas okay. the whole game. Okay. But but uh, let's let, let me reiterate this. That is a great scheme. When you when I think about what they wanted to do and how you're going to slow Oregon down, I'm like, yeah, that's perfect. I was like, but. You know, could could you really have like a 190 pound guy playing your Mike Backer? Well, if you have two gigantic Samoans who are unblockable in front of that guy, it makes it a lot easier. If you don't have the defensive line, you I don't know if you could play that scheme and have, you know, a guy that's really fast 
but really small, playing inside like that. that that's mm-hmm. the difference, Coach. So a great scheme, but they're, they could pull it off because of the defensive line. So if they end up playing Auburn in the championship game, Auburn can do that, Coach, because Auburn has a great defensive line, but Auburn has no defensive back. So that, that maybe Auburn will be able to beat Oregon because if they can copy it. Boise State, they can copy because they got a good defensive line. So it's, we'll see. Like, Oregon isn't going to lose again the rest of the year. They got Arizona at home, and I just, Arizona is bad on the road. So they're not going to beat them. And Oregon State lost to Washington State this weekend, coach. So basically, we're trying to figure out who's playing Oregon in the national title game at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they, and they survive their scare. Every team to win a national mm-hmm. championship, you got to get by that one game. They got by that one game. And, uh, Beating California 15-13. It goes back to one of our longstanding theories on football, Big Dog. The team with the most angry Samoans typically will win the game. It's the ASF, the angry Samoan factor. Oh, it's greater than you might realize, Coach. Yes. Yeah. It's like it's like in soccer. It's the same thing in soccer or football over in Europe. When you watch soccer here in the United States, be it at the third grade level, eighth grade level, high school, or the collegiate level. And believe it or not, inside of all the football, I watched the Big Ten Soccer Championship yesterday. Penn State. Penn State taking on Michigan. Michigan won. The team with the most foreign players here in the United States, again, from third grade up to college, almost always will win the soccer game. Michigan looked like a United Nations. Penn State had way too many white guys. Now, was that uh, – oh, it was men. It was men. Yes. I Men's soccer was in the spring. Never mind. I guess I, I learn stuff new every day. So Yeah. All right. Uh, other college action over the weekend, uh, locally, Illinois. Well, let's talk about both our teams. One. Uh, do we have to? Yeah, we do. We do. One of our Can teams. We talk Northwestern? You could talk Northwestern. It was a huge victory over Iowa, unfortunately. On the final play, the touchdown throw, a torn Achilles tendon. Their quarterback, Dan Persia, big, big, big part of their team done for the year. Yeah, Maybe um, for his career. Yeah, actually, let's, like, let's say exactly what happened. It, it wasn't on the last play. It was on the celebration of nope. the last play. Nah, they, they changed that, actually. Oh, they did. Okay. They, they think it was, he was when he was... He was jumping around during the celebration, Coach. What's that? He was jumping around during the celebration. You, you watch the replay. He was jumping around. You never... And the announcer said the same thing. You could never pick out the actual injury. It was just one of those freak things. The dad was quoted in the paper, anyhow. Maybe it was a little... Uh, PC control, but he was saying no, that he got injured throwing off his back foot on the play and not in the celebration. He didn't do anything wild in the celebration, right? Okay. Well, he, yeah, I, no, I didn't think it was out of control. I mean, absolutely not. He you never know, even was, made it, it to his receiver. I mean, took about three or four steps towards the guy who was about 30 yards away, and all of a sudden he comes up limping. And you could see right away when he went down and the trainers went out, it was not good. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. – Yeah. you don't like to see that at all. That, that, that's – that's really sad. But you know what? At least it was a game when he touched on pass that he got yes. hurt on. Yes. So if your career season is not done. If the career is going to end that way, it's a pretty good way to end it. Big win for Northwestern. Of course, they'll be taking on Illinois at Wrigley Field. ESPN game day is going to be there. We'll preview that as the week goes on. But Big Dog, as a professional, even though you don't want to talk about it, it's like having a tooth pulled at the dentist's office. Sands Novocaine, you're fighting Illini. Beaten by the hapless Minnesota Golden Gophers. Explain a por favor. I wish I, I wish I could. They have a ten point lead with eight minutes to go, and maybe this is a, a, a team you know just not used to winning. Like, oh, we're up on a team we're supposed to be. We got a double digit lead. 
a lot of celebrating on the sidelines, you know, when uh, LaShore had that long touchdown run. Mm-hmm. You know, and next thing you know, Adam Weber just goes right down the field. And uh, uh, a great play calling, by the way, by the Minnesota Golden Gophers on those last two drives about how not just to abandon the run, uh, a screen here, a screen there, throwing it over the top. I mean, it, was, it wasn't it was like they just dropped back and threw it deep every single play, you know, when you were down 10 points. They they tried to stay within their offense, and it was exactly what you need to do to in mm-hmm. order to come back in a game. It, it, just extremely disappointing as an Illinois fan because when they, when they, when they went up 10, I was thinking, oh, okay. They're going to be all right. They they had a scare. This is, you know they're going to get it done. And then after that, they couldn't tackle. They couldn't rush a passer. They couldn't get a first down on offense. <sighs> Coach, and this yeah, Adam Weber <laughs> might be the worst four year starter in the history of the Big oh, Ten. I'll this disagree. With, I will disagree with you. He might have the most losses as a no. quarterback ever in yeah. Big Ten history. Well, if it that, isn't him, it's Sandy Schwab. That part's correct, but I'll disagree with you on your first statement. He's he's pretty damn good quarterback. In fact, he's borderline NFL material. I would totally disagree with that. No, I think he's pretty Does good. Does he have the most losses in Big Ten history? That might be. But that shows you something, too. They've stuck with him. He's been a heck of a quarterback. I think when he's got receivers, last year he had a very good receiver. Who was Or two years ago? Uh, you're, you're talking to the, uh, the kid that is uh, – he's in the NFL right yes. now, but he, he got hurt last year. I'm trying to yeah. think of his name. But Adam Weber, he, he, he can play. At any rate, dog, we got to wind up today's uh, show. One of our emailers wants to know, by the way, over this course of the weekend – uh, did you stay within yourself? I didn't. I, I basically, I, I had a bad weekend, Coach. That's all I can say. Okay, so you did stay within yourself. Yes, I did. Coach. Very nice. It's always nice to reach out and touch somebody, but once in a while, it's nice to stay within yourself. All right, yeah. big dog. We'll talk tomorrow at 10 o'clock, all right? All right, take it easy, Coach. David Olson, producer extraordinaire. Thank you so much. Thanks for everybody listening. Two guys in a mic. TalkZone.com signing off. Have a great day.